Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Five Things Podcast. A reminder, the Five Things Podcast is where we all go deep into five topics that we see in social media and share our takeaways for the week. If you haven't heard our Black History Month conversation on the COVID vaccine with health and wellness experts, please check it out. It is in your feed wherever you listen to podcasts. It is a great conversation and one that everyone should take a chance to listen to. This week, we have a very, very special five things where we are talking about the topic of influencers. With me this week, my co-host and dear friend, Beth Rolfs. Hey, Beth. Hey, Kenny. It's an early morning unmuting. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, And also with me, special guest. Associate Director of Influencer at Gray. We have Kate Pierce. Hi, Kate. Hi. I feel like I've been invited to the cool senior table. Mm. Finally. <laughs> kind of. In the booth. I'll figure it out. <laughs> in the booth. Joey, our unbelievably talented producer. Hello, Joey. Hey, Kenny. And welcome, Kate. It's not as cool as you think it is. <laughs> You can tell who the professional podcaster is based on the mic quality. All right. With that, let's dive into our five things. We're going to kick it off and talk about influencers being added to SAG. We're going to talk about David Dobrik, soft launching Dispo. The fact that YouTube announced its expansion into a TikTok-like feature. Twitter evolving their Clubhouse-like feature, which I actually was on one last night, which I'm excited to talk about that. And then finally, TikTok announcing a UFC partnership. With that, we dive into the five things. Kate, kick us off. Influencers being added to SAG. Cool. Yeah, this is some pretty big news, I think. You know, influencers have never really been taken seriously. And I think the fact that SAG is recognizing them as their work being able to be unionized means that this is a career path that people can actually take. Um, the industry in 2019 was an $8 billion industry, and they're projecting it to be a $15 billion industry by the year 2022. So we're now seeing this huge shift in what influencer was to now being this whole creator economy that brands are starting to take more seriously, marketers are taking more seriously, and influencers themselves are taking their craft way more seriously. I think we're going to continue to see this shift of influencers and creators being put more on a pedestal and their work being put ahead of others. Um, It's really exciting to see. I think it changes how we are going to be marketing with talent moving forward now that they can join SAG. They can take some of what their fee is and put it towards the union. it's going to change how we pay them. It's going to change what their work is and how they produce their work. So some big change in the industry that I think is going to continue to grow. Um, And now that digital content is a part of SAG as well, it's going to change what our clients are going to want to buy into as well. It feels like this is the moment where influencers have arrived. (laughs) Um, No, but the, the fact that the union is taking the craft seriously and including it 
you know, it benefits the union, obviously. It benefits the members, obviously. Um, but I think this creates a space for um, responsible, mutually beneficial content creation. Uh, and there are a lot of up-and-coming creators who, frankly, get screwed by the industry and are taken advantage of. And I think being a part of the union will help protect them. Um, and it will help ensure that the content that they're making is properly compensated. I think that's important to foster good, uh, a good market. Yeah, I think you see a lot of brands who will continue to use influencer content after a deal has been closed. And this will give influencers the protections that they didn't have previously. And it'll hold brands accountable to not just reuse content. If you don't have the right to use it, you shouldn't be using it. You shouldn't be using somebody's likeness. It's a good thing. I also see that SAG sees that they can profit off of a billion dollar industry. Um, so it's a big shift. Um, it's an exciting shift and it just validates what we're doing on our side and what we're telling our clients to invest in. Um, so these are good changes. I think the influencer industry and the creator economy is just going to continue to grow. And obviously we saw that with the recent news of our friend David Dobrik and the launch of his app in this last week. Um, obviously it was a soft launch that got a lot more press and recognition than I think anyone was expecting. We're going to continue to see this from influencers as well. I mean, you see it with Mr. Beast where he launched a bunch of restaurants. You're seeing with Dobrik who's getting into tech and launching an app. Obviously you saw it with Kylie Jenner and the fact that she launched an entire makeup and skincare line. They want to secure their futures for the next five to 10 years and posting pictures of themselves with brands isn't going to do that. So this is also a really interesting shift that we're going to see is influencers investing in their futures. And I'm frankly really excited for it. I love to see how these creators are actually building their own empires um, and finding what they are interested in from starting a Vine channel to now having their own platform, which is what we saw with Dobrik. Really interesting stuff. I geek out over it, obviously, because I talk about it 24-7. <laughs> but I'd love to hear what you guys thought about it. The platform, obviously, is really nicely designed. Um, I think playing around in it, it's very different from what Instagram is, what YouTube is. Um, it wants you to live in the moment when you take pictures versus taking 20 pictures and picking the one that everyone looks the best in. What do you think, Beth? Have you had a chance? Beth, do I have to give you an invite? I think I'm going to give you an invite so you <laughs> yeah, can play with it. Yeah, I'm not invited. Oh, um, I got you. Well, going <laughs> back to I'm the sending you an really invite. Quick. I've just sending you an invite right now while we're live doing this. <laughs> Thank you. Um, got to get in with the cool kids. Uh, going just real quick back on the SAG thing. I think um, while SAG will benefit from this, the, the value of unions a lot of times is bargaining rights. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, I'm so excited for this talent to have some bargaining rights and get treated with respect. And it, it will be interesting to see kind of what standardizations come across um, the industry from this big move. So I'm sure, Kate, your job will get more complicated and interesting, but probably more, um, you know, ethical in some ways too, which will be nice. 
Totally. I'll be spending a lot more time on the phone with legal, which is Mm -hmm. really exciting. (laughs) Such a fun part of life. Yeah. Um, Um, So I, I played with Dispo and I have to tell you, I did something so embarrassing. I was in such a rush to get my first role created that I misspelled the word scene. So it was supposed to be scenes from NYC. But it, I did scenes, S E E N S. And it kind of is okay because, like, it's like scene in NYC, but it says scenes of NYC. And I'm so embarrassed. And I know that there's no earthly way that David Dobrik ever sees that. But it's so embarrassing <laughs> to finally get on the platform and then just like embarrass myself. So I don't know. I just had to tell that anecdote. <laughs> so you can't go and edit it? I think I can, but I have to wait for it to develop. So I'm just like uh, sitting here waiting for it to finish. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting in that you have to wait this 24-hour period for your content to actually go live. And it's also really cool to see what other people are posting on their roles. So the people that were all involved in the soft launch have these really established pages already. And I'm like slowly sitting here and I'm like, okay what picture, okay, I got to wait 24 hours for this to happen. But once they develop, you have this really awesome roll of photos that look vintage. You haven't been able to edit them and you can't edit them, which I love because then it's it's a more natural platform. It feels like people are back in the 90s and early 2000s when they didn't edit their pictures for four hours and then post it on Instagram. The frustrating thing that. is I find tr- I'm having trouble finding people to follow. <laughs> Like, I'm having trouble, like, you click, I I can't search. I don't know who to search for. The search functionality is terrible. Kate, we got to talk to them. Yeah. You can follow me. Joey, you look perplexed. you look so confused. I didn't know this was tech support for Dispo. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. Okay, sorry. That was, also our... the most seamless, that was also the most seamless transition from, from one, one thing, thing to the second to the thing. I, know. I didn't even I didn't even see it happen. You know what, Joey? Okay, so first of all, the fact that you called it Tell out. Tell the people about this, it... Yeah, okay, Kate, why don't you give everyone, you just did, you, you did, but let, mm-hmm. if you, you weren't paying attention to your artful transfer that you just made, like your Rose Laval and you kicked it from one foot to the other. <laughs> Tell us, tell us what Dispo is, and for anyone who hasn't heard of David Dobrik because they've been living under some sort of rock, um, who is David Dobrik? What is Dispo, and can brands please avoid getting onto this so quickly? Well, yeah, I mean, if we're going to get onto, if brands are going to get onto Dispo right now, it's going to kill it. It needs to just organically grow with people. So I'll start there. David Dobrik, let's start one hundred and one. On David Dobrik. He is a content creator, a YouTuber, and a vlogger. Um, He creates these really funny, quirky, sometimes controversial videos with his friends who are all part of the vlog squad. Um, His following has amassed to close to about 80 million followers across all of his social channels. And he can post a video on TikTok, and within the first five minutes, he has half a million people liking it, commenting on it. It's crazy. People want to see what he's doing, and you'll see within everything that he posts, people asking him for more. So it's like, it's never enough of what David's posting. 
um, in the last, I would say, two years, he started going out on different ventures. He's launched a perfume line. He's launched an underwear line. And this past fall, he partnered with Alexi Ohanian, Serena Williams' husband, and, and also venture capitalist. And we can go on about him, but we won't. Um, partnered with Alexi to launch this platform called Dispo. What David wanted to do with Dispo was create a photo sharing app social network that takes 24 hours for your film role to develop. So people are living in the moment more. You're not sitting there with your friends at a dinner party or a frat party or any party, and you're obsessed with how you look at a picture. It's now super organic. It's super natural. And the next day your role is developed and you can go through and swipe and look at all of your pictures and kind of laugh like you used to when you were younger, when you would get a disposable camera developed and you'd see all this content. Um, it's a really awesome idea because I think kids born, you know, from 2005 on didn't get to experience that. And now this whole waiting game to see what your content looks like feels very nostalgic. Um, it's a really great concept. People in the tech world, in the VC world, in journalism and influencer went crazy for it last week. I think Kenny texted me on Saturday morning and was like, I need an invite to Dispo stat. <laughs> we had to try and find a way to get Kenny on Dispo stat. So <laughs> it's one for of the record, <laughs> For the record, she attempts to tell that story to show that she's cool, but she still didn't land me an invite. So, so you know, contrary to popular belief, she didn't succeed in said task. Um, Dispo is very interesting. I think brands need to fight the urge to be on it. Uh, figure out Clubhouse first while uh, we all get to play with Dispo and enjoy it in its uh, latest state. You know, I'll be curious to see if this is a fad versus something with long-term staying power. It feels, um, it feels like a tonic to uh, the broader sort of social media landscape. So. Um, I hope for Mr. Dobrik's sake that he takes advantage of the funds that are flowing through because this feels like a novelty, um, albeit a very cool novelty. Uh, uh, any counters to that? Yeah, I, I disagree. I don't know. I think that there's something super refreshing about this. And like for us older millennials, this may be like, oh, it's like a disposable camera, but I'm, I'm interested to see how like a new generation who's never had the freedom of not seeing exactly what they look like in an instant and face tuning and photoshopping the shit out of their image. Like maybe this will be freeing. Maybe this will be new. Maybe this will feel more than novelty for them. This is a half beat. Well, Yes, because we're elder millennials and we love yeah. our disposable cameras. This is a half beat away from the Polaroid trend from like three years ago where, where everyone was doing those disposable Polaroids. And Yeah, but they weren't digital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they but were they so could fun, but them. what did you do with them? You shook them and then you put them up on your wall. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I think this is like a, you may be right, but I may be right. We'll see. <laughs> You may be right. <laughs> Beth may be crazy. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, sorry, Mr. Joel. 
we'll pay you for the rights for that <laughs> short clip of your song. <laughs> and Joey just passed out. Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna move on. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about something that YouTube is doing, uh, pulling out of the Facebook bag of tricks. They announced their expansion into a TikTok-like feature. Um, their thing is called Shorts, and it is essentially what you think. Uh, it is a vertical video shot with uh, very little creator tools in the vein of TikTok. Um, currently, it is available all throughout the world. You can upload any vertical video that's under 60 seconds um, and ha put hashtag Shorts in the description, um, and it will be added into uh, you know the, the list of Shorts. That being said, they're beta testing something in India where there's actually a shorts camera that you can leverage within the YouTube app to create. Very interesting. I think what we're seeing here is um, this is probably what TikTok has feared all along and what you see, um, you know, when there was acquisition talks over the summer, there was a lot of conversation about who could strategically place themselves uh, in a way from a holding company standpoint to be able to combat YouTube if they decide to eventually get into this game. Uh, YouTube, while the second largest search engine in the world and a ton of great video content, a ton of great creator content, uh, it has struggled in, in recent years uh, to have their creator network really thrive as the TikTok creator network, the Instagram creator network have, have grown and thrived. Um, so very, very interesting to see, like, if you're someone, this is going to, this podcast should be called Kenny sings, Billy Joel, and a lot about David Dobrik. But, uh, if you, if you look at someone like a David Dobrik who started off as a YouTube blogger, who everyone is begging to get back onto YouTube and they're waiting for the next drop of his great YouTube video, but he's also someone who is thriving on TikTok. Does the introduction of something like shorts bring him in to want to come back to YouTube and, and join that community? Does it give a space for someone like a Casey Neistat, who is the king of YouTube, to come back in uh, and start to evolve his content creation? Does it, you know, if you're Charlie and Dixie, does this give you the ability to create long form and short form on one platform? So very, very curious to see what this does. Natural evolution of the YouTube product. Surprise, it took this long for them to actually do it. Um, but unlike Facebook, who just sort of rushes into something, you know, YouTube does a really good job of, um, of, of building products correctly, in my opinion. Kate, Beth, what do we think? I don't know. It'll, uh, this one I can't predict because I do think there's something about the platform of TikTok that it just like continuously feeds you content and there's no search engine that like you have to engage with to see the next and there's no I don't know there's the the platform I think could keep short of TikTok could keep shorts from being that apples to apples replacement but you know YouTube's established I do think it'll be interesting to see how talent returns to or Kind of helps elevate this feature. One time I saw Casey Neistat in the airport with my husband and he fangirled so hard that I was like, who are you right now? <laughs> um, we didn't end up saying hi because he got too scared. <laughs> Great story. 
Thanks. Kate, what do you, what do you think about, um, do you think influencers <laughs> and co-creators will flock back to YouTube or do you think they'll do both? Where do where's this going? I think they're going to do both. I feel like they're going to start putting out different content on different channels and what lives on YouTube is almost going to be like teasers to my larger vlog. Um, what TikTok serves as is bite-sized entertainment that people can digest in 30 to 60 seconds. They're going to go to YouTube when they want to watch something in a longer form content because they have the time to do it. I think creators are going to utilize that feature to say, tune in my to my blog that's dropping on X date or at X time. Um, I don't see... YouTube's platform changes taking over TikTok and TikTok going away because it's so massive, even though it, there's many countries that don't allow it. And I think the article had said that this came about last September because India blocked TikTok. Sure, you need a way for people to get this short and sweet content because that's what Gen Z is watching. They're not watching long form content anymore. Um, it's I think it's interesting. I think it'll be like every other platform that's launched a fleet or some sort of a story function. <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll do well. <laughs> so, yes, we will see how it goes. Very excited to see the evolution of this. We will be talking about shorts on a podcast in the future. All right. We have two more things. Beth, we're going to bring this home for a landing. The next one is Twitter evolving their clubhouse-like feature. What do we got here? So Twitter is evolving their clubhouse competitive uh, feature called Spaces. And the big update this week is your ability to see the guest list, the full guest list. So you'd be able to see everyone that's in the room with you. And um, there's some talk about how they would rank the people you see. Um, it's looking like it might be by followers, which would be um, interesting. So you would see the people the Terrible. most following at the top. Terrible. Right. I know, which I think is like kind of a bummer because it just, you know. The rich get richer. Yeah. If they do that, the rich get richer. Uh, Beth, I was on a Spaces the other day talking about NBA Top Shot, which at some point maybe we should talk about that on this podcast. And, and to be honest, it was awesome. Like there were some people who were – there were some people who had like tens of thousands of followers. There were some people with a thousand followers. There were some people who had a couple hundred and it was a great dialogue and a great conversation. But like I walked out of it with 15 new followers and people who now I want to follow to learn about, like it was well done. And I actually kind of loved how seamless it was. Um, it would be such a mistake for them to organize it by like follower count. Yeah. I Twitter, if you're listening. Silence voices. Small yeah. voices would be intimidated by the big followers. I think it's kind of nice to not know if there's huge influencers. What do you think, Kate? Yeah, I think it, you're going to lose people. People are just going to go in to listen, and it's going to turn into a podcasting um, on Twitter because someone like myself is not going to speak up when someone like Jake Tapper is already talking. So that's <laughs> that's my take there. That's a good, that's a hot take when Jay Tapper's talking. <laughs> Clearly, we've got a news file here. All right, everyone. Last thing's on me. Uh, TikTok is announcing their UFC partnership. Very interesting to see them getting into the space of live sports, uh, possible clips from live sports, and how does this drive viewership? 
Um, I've been waiting for this to happen. I think Twitter started doing this a long time ago. They did it with Wimbledon. They've done it with a few other things. Twitch did it with the NFL. Um, so very, very curious to see how this goes. UFC is very interesting. I'm surprised that that's the sport that they decided to do it with. It can be a little bit controversial. It's very violent. Um, I didn't know sort of the crossover between the TikTok audience and the UFC audience, but clearly they saw something uh, that led them there. I think this is interesting. Uh, we're seeing this more and more. Uh, not a ton to dwell on here, um, but you know, just some nice news here. If you're if you're thinking about content partnerships, uh, the industry is just flowing with opportunity for brands and platforms to connect with one another. Um, so, with that being said, um, you know, check it out. Can't wait to see what it looks like. All right, everyone, that was a quick dance around the world. Those are five things. Very, very excited that you were all able to join us this week. I want to thank uh, Kate Pierce for being here. Uh, Kate, thank you. Thanks want... for having me. Yeah, of course. And I want to thank Beth Ralphs, as always, Beth, for being here and dropping insight bombs on all of us. <laughs> Thanks. And then our intrepid producer, Joey. Thanks, Joey. Of course. Yeah, he sounds so good. All right, everyone. <laughs> If there's anything you want to tell us, if you have comments or thoughts, ideas, or just want to say hi, you can email us at podcasts at gray.com. It goes right to Joey's inbox. So say what you will. Uh, and as always, everyone, please stay safe, stay smart, stay social. The Five Things are written and researched by Andrew Petty and Grace McDougal. Produced by Joey Scarillo and Danielle Hunt. Mixed at Gramercy Park Studios. Additional support by John Jenkinson and Christina Hyde. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com.